base. You, you cannot base what you believe about divine healing on a past experience that you've had. Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. You cannot base that. Let me tell you something. We've had, we've had two daughters that have gone to heaven. We had a nine-month-old baby that was born premature that was in St. Louis Children's Hospital for nine, the nine months of her life. Never, never came home, never got off of oxygen, never came home. And she went to be with the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I still believe that God is a healer and that it is God's will to heal and that the healing of the body has been provided for in the atonement of Christ. I do not base what I believe about God's healing power on an experience that I have had. We had a 16-year-old daughter in a, uh, involved in an automobile accident that um, was brain dead and we prayed and we had ministries praying all over this nation and she did not receive her healing. She's in the presence of God today. Well, I say that. Let me take that back. She did get healed, completely and fully healed, and she's in the presence of God today. Amen. I don't have all the answers for everything, but I do not base my belief and my faith concerning God being a healer by that experience. I base it, my belief in divine healing today of the body by the power of God on what this book says, what the Word of God says, what the Bible says. Amen. And that's where uh, this is the this is the 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 document that we have to base our faith on today. Not on what some preacher says, not on what some denomination teaches, not on what some um, individual thinks about it. I could care less what a personal opinion or somebody thinks about a certain situation or a doctrine in the Bible. I've got to base my faith and you've got to base your faith on what the Word of God said. And I don't know about you, but as for, I'm at the point that I'm sick and tired of the devil running rampant over God's people today. I've had it up to here and I believe that it's time we get a hold of our faith again ladies and gentlemen and be Pentecostal full gospel believers and stand on the word of God and lay claim to the promise of God that he is the Lord that he left today in 2021. Amen. Praise God. I believe that it is the will of God to heal. He is the Lord, our healer. Amen? Hallelujah. He is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have to get our faith anchored in that and believe that. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to save some time to pray for folks. But in Psalm 103, in Psalm 103, David writing in that psalm says this. You all, you, you all know this. This psalm is very familiar. He says, bless the Lord. Verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Thank God for the benefits. Forget not. See, that's where we're at. We've forgotten the benefits of the Lord and what's promised us in the Word. Forget not all of his benefits. And then he tells what those benefits are, that we are to remember and not to forget. Verse 3, who forgives all of your iniquities. Well, we can stop and shout about that, right? Who forgives all of your iniquities? How many is glad all your sins are forgiven? Amen. When you ask God to, to save you and forgive you, did he just forgive part of your sins and leave the other part and say, well, you're just going to have to deal with that? No, it said that he forgives all of our iniquities. But look at the next line in verse 3. Because it doesn't end with forgiveness, but it says this in the, in the next line. And, and who heals how many? All of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? I want you to notice that today, saints, that in that third verse, in that same verse, he talks about how he forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. There are two streams that flow from the cross. Amen. There is a stream that, that is provided, that, that provides for us forgiveness, that for, provides for us cleansing from all of our sin, and we thank God for that. Amen. All of our sins are forgiven. Amen. But that's not the only stream or the only thing that Jesus paid for at Calvary. There is another stream that flows from that cross and from that bleeding side of the Lamb of God and that is a stream of healing for your physical body. And I know there are those that say, well, you know, he's talking about how he heals your diseases. That's talking about your spiritual diseases. I beg to differ. Some people just need to study the Bible. Some people just need to understand and quit trying to explain away the promises of God. Come on, amen. That word there, heal, who heals all your diseases is the Hebrew word that is referenced over and over again to physical healing and not spiritual diseases. To physical diseases and not to spiritual diseases. Yes, we are very well aware that he's healed our spiritual maladies, but that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ has paid the price when he took the stripes on his back at Calvary by those stripes, by those wounds we are healed is anybody here in this house today I said by his stripes we are healed that healing was bought and paid for hallelujah at the cross of Calvary amen yes that word that word when it speaks of of our diseases he heals all of our diseases is referring to physical diseases that he has promised healing for our diseases he forgives he's the healer he's the savior forgives all sin he's the healer heals all diseases amen that word for healing is the word the hebrew word rafa 
It has reference to the redemptive name of, of, of Jehovah as the Lord, our healer. Amen? In uh, Exodus, I got 13 pages of notes, but I'm just going to skip here, skip around, okay? Well, they're big font. Amen? So... <laughs> I know everybody's saying, <laughs> I have to have big font to see them anymore, but, but they are large font, so don't, don't get excited. But in Exodus 15 and verse 26, the Lord revealed himself to Israel with this redemptive name, Jehovah Rapha. And uh, it was at that, it was at Mara, it was at that place that they came to after they had just, they had just a few days ago had crossed that Red Sea, had been delivered from the bondage of Egypt from, uh, by the blood of that slain Passover lamb. They had come through the Red Sea. They, they spent three days in the wilderness without any water and they were thirsty. And finally, they come to this place called Mara, which Mara means bitter. They find water there. They haven't had water for three days. They find this pool of water there and uh, they go to drink and it's it's poisonous. It's bitter. They can't drink of it. And they begin to complain. They begin to co complain against Moses. And, and, and Moses cries to the Lord. And he, he calls upon the Lord. And God shows Moses a tree. Amen. Which is a type of the cross. Come on. Amen. And he, and he cuts down that tree. He cuts the li a limb, a part of that tree. And he takes that tree. You know, God just, you know, the Bible says, the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And he takes that tree and he says, just throw that tree into that bitter water. And when the tree was thrown into that water, the water that was bitter became sweet. Amen. Oh, can I tell you something today? You may be having a bitter experience in your life. There may be a, have, life may have given you a bitter sweet pill to swallow today. But I want you to know something today, saints of God, there is, there is a, there's something that will sweeten the bitterness of life. There's something that will take the bitterness out of your life and make things sweet again, and that is Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross, and if you'll place your faith in him today and apply the benefits of the cross to your life, I'm telling you there's sweetness, there's healing, there's power, there's deliverance, there's victory in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. He put that tree in that water and the water was made sweet and they were able to drink of it. And God made a covenant with them there. In Exodus 15, 26, listen to this. God made a covenant. When, they, when he had sweetened that water, he said, if you diligently heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. Listen to this. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And here it is. For I am the Lord who heals you. Rapha, Jehovah. It's the redemptive name, Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals you. Let me tell you something. He's talking about physical healing of their bodies there.
I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. And God reveals himself by the redemptive name of their healer. And the literal meaning of Jehovah Rapha is the Lord. Listen to me. The Lord, your physician. God reveals himself to his covenant people as his physician. And listen, listen. Is, so, so what about that? Can we claim that? Same promise of God in our lives today that he is our great physician. How many knows he's the great physician? Listen, I thank God, you know, thank God for doctors. One preacher said one time, thank God for doctors. If it wasn't for them, most of us Pentecostal people would be dead. Thank God for what they can do. I'm not opposed to doctors. I'm not opposed to medical science. I believe God works with them and what they do is good. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, you know this as well as I do. They're limited in what they can do. And the doctors would tell you they actually have no healing power themselves. They can alleviate symptoms. They can, they can do certain things to, to allow, to help nature to take its course. But let me tell you the true healer today is the great physician. And I'm here to tell you this morning we've got a great physician. Hallelujah, the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Is anybody here in this house today? Praise God, he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, that healeth thee. Amen? Those redemptive names, there's actually seven redemptive names of Jehovah given in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, and all of those redemptive names of Jehovah in the Old Covenant were fulfilled by Jesus at Calvary in the New Covenant. Yes, he was the the healer of Israel. As a matter of fact, he healed every single one of the, the, the people in the nation of Israel when he brought them out of Egyptian bondage. Amen. Psalm 105 and verse 37 said that when God brought them out of bondage of Egypt, that when they crossed that Red Sea, when they came out of Egypt and crossed that Red Sea, God did a mass healing. He healed them all. There was not one feeble person among their tribes. I don't know how many people came out of Egypt, how many marched out of Egypt. Somebody said a million. Somebody said two million. Somebody else said three million. But we know there was at least a million of them and uh, from various different ages. But can I tell you that God healed every one of them? What was it that brought the healing to their lives. What was it that brought the healing to their bodies? I'll tell you what it was. It was when they got in that house that night and they slay, they, they, they slaughtered that, that Passover lamb and they applied the blood to the, to the doorposts and the sides, the littles of that house and they got in that house but that wasn't all they did. Come on. I said that wasn't all they did. They put the blood on the doorposts of their house. They went in the house which protected them the blood protected them from the judgment of that death angel but they also did something else they had a feast on the inside of that house that night as the death angel was passing through the land they had some roast lamb and some bitter herbs hallelujah they prepared the body of that lamb and partook of that lamb they ate roast lamb what does that have to do with anything it was a type of human you and I, hallelujah, receiving the blood.
Jesus and the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. The stripes of Jesus that he took our infirmities, that he bore our sicknesses. It was a type and a shadow of what Jesus would do at Calvary. Thank God not only are we forgiven, not only are we washed, not only are we cleansed, but praise God he's paid the price on the cross that by the stripes we can be healed today. He is the Lord, our healer. Woo! Hallelujah. I believe that. Man, there's all kinds of questions people have about healing. We may, I don't know, we may get into some of that tonight. I don't know yet. I don't have all the answers to all the questions and all the whys and all the what about this or what about that. I don't have all the answers. Is anybody here that does? You can help me out. But I do have a Bible. And the answers are in the Word of God to every dilemma and to every situation that we face in this life. I mean, he believes that. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this this morning. You know where I stand on this. You know what I believe. I believe what the book says. But healing, and I'm talking about divine healing, physical healing for your body is the will of God for you and for your life. Healing, let me say it again. Maybe I need to pronounce it a little more clearly. Healing is the will of God for the believer. God is the Lord, our physician, our healer. Amen. He is. Jesus is the great physician, the healer. I mean, he believed that. Somebody said, well, how can we know? Because, you know, there's teachings, some denominations, some preachers, different ones preach and teach and believe different things. But there are a lot of people today that believe that, well, when it comes to, when it comes to healing, that God is sovereign and that God just chooses, picks and chooses certain ones that uh, he heals, and some get it, and some don't. And you just have to be one of those lucky ones, you know, that if God's just smiled on you to get healing, you'll get it, and if he hadn't, that you won't. And, uh, you know, some of those same people teach the same thing about salvation and forgiveness of sin, that salvation is, is uh, just, you know, you have to be one of the elect, that Jesus did not die for everyone. It's limited atonement. It's one of the, one of the, one of the petals of the Calvinist tulip, that, that limited atonement, Jesus just shed his blood for a certain few people and only those will be saved and they're pre, either pre, you're either predestined to be saved or you're predestined to be lost and you don't have a choice in the matter. Let me tell you something, that doctrine is from the pit of hell. Amen. 
That's not true. Jesus did not just die for a certain group. Jesus did not just die for a few people, a certain amount, a certain number of people. Jesus died for the whole world. Are you listening? He died for us all. He died for everybody. Praise God. But that same teaching drifts over into the, uh, the area of healing. Well, God just maybe, you know, he just picks to heal this one and he doesn't heal that one. He chooses this one and he doesn't choose that one. It just, he makes the decision in his sovereignty who he wants to heal and who he doesn't want to heal. Let me tell you something today. I can tell you from this book right here that God wants you well. God wants you healed. God's will for you is to be healed. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's the first thing we've got to believe. That's the first thing that we've got to get a hold of is the Lord's willingness. That's why I believe that healing is the will of God because of his willingness expressed in the Gospels throughout the world, his willingness to heal the sick. Jesus never turned anyone away in the Gospels that came to him for healing. Never did. We see a leper coming to him. It's in Matthew 8 and in Mark chapter 1 as well. But a leper, you know this story very well. But a leper came to Jesus and knelt down before him. He wasn't obeying social distancing. I mean, the lepers were supposed to stay, what, 100 feet from anybody. So they couldn't, nobody could contract the leprosy. But he comes and kneels at the feet of Jesus. How do you know that he was close to him? Well, he was close enough for Jesus to touch him. So he had to be less than six feet. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And um, he said, Lord, and here's the prayer of the leper. He said, Lord... If you will, see, here it is. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, do you see where his faith was? He knew that Jesus had the ability to do it. He said, I know you can. No doubt he had, he had heard of miracles Jesus had performed. He had probably maybe saw Jesus performing some miracles and healing others. So he knew that Jesus could do it that he had the ability but where his faith was he just didn't know if Jesus would do it and he said if you're willing Lord if you're willing you can you're able you have the power if you're just willing and you know there's a lot of people praying that way today Lord I know you're the healer and if I ask anybody today you know is does God have the ability to heal does he have the power to heal every hand would go up because we know that he can do everything and we know that there's nothing too hard for the Lord and we know there's nothing impossible with him so can he heal cancer yes can he heal incurable diseases? Absolutely.
absolutely. We know that he has the ability. But where we run into a snag and a struggle is, will he do it for me? I know that he can, but will he? Isn't his will? And so many are praying that if it be thy will prayer when it comes to healing. And I'm going to tell you, you've got to change that, ladies and gentlemen. Every prayer you pray is not to be an if it be thy will prayer. Jesus prayed it in the garden, but it was a prayer of consecration to God. And if there's something that I do not know the will of God, if there's something that I'm seeking in my life that I don't have a direct answer from the word that is the will of God, yes, I have to pray for direction. Lord, do you want me to do this? If it's your will, I'll go here. If it's your will, I'll do that. But when it comes to something, ladies and gentlemen, that is specifically promised in the word of God, such as salvation, healing, deliverance, freedom from sin, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, everything that's promised through the atonement. You don't have to pray if it's your will. You know it's his will. You just have to pray and claim the benefit that's been provided through his finished work. If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus, he, he settled the issue as far as I'm concerned. He settled the issue right then and there. When that leper said, if you be willing, Jesus reached out and he broke the law too. No, he didn't. He spoke it, then he touched him. But Jesus said this, I am willing be thou clean and then he touched him somebody said he broke the law he touched the leper no because as soon as the words come on somebody as soon as the words be thou clean came out of the mouth of Jesus every trace of leprosy left every sore dried up he was made completely whole I'm here to tell you today that it is God's will he is willing he does want to Jesus paid the price for our healing today. Woo! Praise God. We know it's His will. Throughout the Scripture, I counted, just going through the concordance the other day, just in the gospel of, was it Matthew? Well, Matthew, Mark, the four gospels. I went through every one of them. There was 10 to 12 times that the Scripture said that Jesus was moved with compassion and healed their sick. He saw the multitudes come to him. They had, man, listen, people were coming to him. They were lame. They were maimed. They were blind. They were deaf. They were leprous. All of the, 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 the off-scouring and the castaways of society that nobody wanted came to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at them, it said that he was moved with compassion upon them and healed their sick. The yearning, the love, the compassion that flowed from him. What was it? It was, it was, it was, it was the love, the loving kindness, tender mercies that David talked about there in Psalm 103. It was that love and compassion that, that he couldn't stand to see them 
in that condition. I'm telling you, Jesus still has compassion on the sick and the suffering today. If you're in this service this morning and you're suffering and you're hurting and you're sick and you're in need, I'm telling you, you've got a high priest today that's touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He has compassion on you. Don't ever let the devil tell you God doesn't care about you. Don't ever let the devil tell you that God doesn't doesn't want to help you. He loves you more than you could ever dream or ever imagine. He has compassion on those who are suffering today. Some people say, well, the only reason Jesus healed in the Gospels was to prove who he was. And it was signed just to prove he was the Son of God. Well, the miracles he performed, yes, they did. Those miracles did prove who he was. But that's not the purpose of the reason that he ministered to suffering humanity. It was because of his compassion. Can I tell you, the Bible says that his compassions fail not. He's still a God of compassion today. He wants you well today. He wants your family healed today. He wants to take away the diseases today. He took the punishment at that whipping post for your healing and your family's healing today. You gotta get in your mind and in your heart. God wants me healed by his power. Amen. Man, I feel like preaching, but we got to pray for folks. Listen. Listen. God gets no glory from your sickness. Boy, I'm walking all over, kicking a bunch of sacred cows over today, getting on people's tradition. That's okay because Jesus said that it's the tradition of the elders makes the word of God none effect. If you're believing tradition instead of the Bible, you'll never, the word of God's not affecting your life. Sickness doesn't glorify God, it glorifies the devil. Well, that went over real good. Yeah, but didn't Jesus say concerning Lazarus? That you remember when they sent the word and said to Jesus, he was 18 miles away. They sent word and said, he whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus waited two more days. He'd have got voted out of most churches. He wasn't there right then. He waited two more days, waited till Lazarus died. They buried him. And he'd been in the grave four days. And Jesus made a statement and he said to his disciples, These, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. And people take that verse and say, Well, you know, I'm sick like Lazarus. I'm sick for the glory of God. Hmm. Well, if your sickness is glorifying God, then don't go to the doctor. Boy, it is getting quiet now. Well, doesn't that make sense? If I'm sick to glorify God and I go to the doctor and have the doctor take the sickness away, then I'm robbing God of his glory. 
See, that doesn't make any sense. If sickness glorifies, if disease glorifies God, Jesus spent his entire ministry robbing God of glory. But the fact is, it's not disease that gives glory to God. You're not glorifying God by being sick. But what glorifies God is when you're healed. Now, you can, glor- you can glorify God in the midst of that. Amen? And you should. Give praise and glory to God no matter what you're facing, going through, or suffering. Give Him praise, give Him glory. But don't praise Him because you got it. Praise Him because He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer, and that He wants you well. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Jesus said this sickness is for the glory of God that the Son of God be glorified thereby. But... Jesus was glorified when? When Lazarus died? No. When he was buried? No. He was glorified when he got there and rolled the stone away and called him out of that grave and he was resurrected and came out and was healed and continued to live his life out. Then people got saved. People believed in the Lord. God was glorified. Jesus was more glorified over that miracle than many other miracles that he performed. So disease does not glorify God, but healing does. So that's why we know that healing is the will of God because he's declared it. He's, he's, he's given the redemptive name. He's, he's, he's told us through the word of God that he's glorified through healing. It glorifies the Lord. Healing does glorify God. So we know it's for, it's God's will for us to be healed and well. We got to believe that. We've got to stand on that. We've got to trust in him for that at all times. How many agree with that today? Do you believe it? Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Worship team, make your way back. Listen. My goodness. I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel the Spirit of God.